If this is your first time listening to LCP D&D, welcome. If you enjoy the episode, stay tuned when it's over to hear some trailers of other content we have to offer. In case you weren't aware, all content on the LCP D&D podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. And now, it's time to drop you into the deep. So we lost contact with Deepwater Plymouth three days ago. There is a construction crew of three people down there. We expect that they are completely fine. This is a regular occurrence. We will be bringing down a new fiber optic line for Deepwater Plymouth. Safety rules. When you get on Deepwater Plymouth, there will be two fire extinguishers near the exit of every room that you are in. Fire alarms will immediately make all motion activated doors seal. So if you accidentally pull a fucking fire alarm, I will have your ass. Do you understand me? Also in each room, in case of flooding, you will still be pulling the fire alarm because the seal will work the same way. There are oxygen tanks by the door, by the fire extinguishers. Does everyone understand? I'm going to lean over to Sydney and go, This your first day at boot camp? Uh, I wouldn't call it boot camp. The fuck did you just say? Maldonado Pharmaceuticals <laughs> takes safety as a number one priority, old man. It doesn't sound very safe to me. It sounds like I'm about to get punched. <laughs> get in the fucking bathosphere. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> a bathosphere is um, the sphere that is inside of the submarine that actually houses the people. And you know that all of these submarines, they have... Uh, they have five separate bathospheres that go down the length of it. It's basically like a giant torpedo almost that has some fans that can then sort of blow it like, uh, like Boba Fett's ship when he's uh, flying it around. So each of you will be loaded into your personal bathosphere that uh, will then be sealed and then you go down to Deepwater Plymouth. My own personal bathosphere. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is communication between us done over a radio or something like that? Yes. You have L3 communicators that can go up to two miles through the water and ocean. So you'll have contact with the boat up until you hit um, up until you hit the Hadel zone. Okay. I think Wallace would be familiar with that stuff, so he's just going <clears> to <throat> climb aboard. Tyke will, too. Um, as... Uh, Sid goes to climb aboard. You said there's like, like basically like fans that push it down. Um, no, it's a, it's like a giant torpedo to go down. The fans are used to make it move uh, laterally. Ah, okay. Well, um, he's going to kind of wrap on one and hear how it rings to see the acoustics, and then just get in his uh, bathysphere. It seems like it's made out of uh, carbon fiber. If you were to guess something. Okay. Well, I've never been down something quite like this before, but this looks like quite a ride. I'll jump in. Me neither. I'm pretty excited, actually. Is it possible to see out of them, or is it just completely black? Yeah, no, you have, like, a little window, um, but it will be completely black in a little while. Because <laughs> you're going to the bottom of the ocean. Anyway, uh, <laughs> as soon as all of you are loaded into uh, your personal bathyspheres, you get lurched up on end and you're sort of hanging there by your five point harness that uh, is holding you into this seat and then you're slowly lowered into the water and you can watch as these divers come out and they break off these these airbags that were sort of keeping the the submarines uh, sort of horizontal in the water and as soon as these bags break off the descent begins and you can feel it like your stomach lurches up into your chest as you begin to just go down quickly and at first you can see the ocean around you because the sun can still penetrate quite deep but after a while it gets immensely dark and the only thing that you can see is the glow of your instruments so uh how's how's everybody uh doing around here uh what do you mean in general? With my our lives or <laughs> Um I don't know, in your in your in your sphere, everything oper- operational. Yes. Has anyone ever been down this deep before? No. Fucking dark, huh? Have you ever had any experience with claustrophobia? Um yes. I've done plenty of diving, but I've never gone down this far before. Yeah, me too. Nor I. I've been in some deep sea labs, but nothing so deep as the Mariana Trench. Mm-hmm. You start to hear creaking and groaning, and all of you know that this is because the immense pressure of the ocean actually shrinks these submarines, but it still doesn't it doesn't explain or prepare you for how terrifying this sound actually is when it begins to happen as you descend deeper. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of that, at least. One thing that I found when descending into places like this is it's best to just not think about it. Um, the guy who first asked us how we were doing, what exactly do you do? Um, I, I work on turbines. I design turbines, you know, for, like, jets or power plants. Or... Oh, I s- remember you from the roster. Your name is Sid? 
Yes, yes Sid McMillan. Sid Turbine, got it. Mm. <laughs> Is that a nickname or something? It helps me remember who you all are. So we've got a Sydney Sydney. Nice. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> There's no way that would get confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like an oversight maybe on um, on on my part. Um, Tell us about yourself, other Sydney. We need to come up with some sort of way to separate you two. I am a professional deep sea diver. That's what I do for a living. Oh, so you're used to this or no? Not really. We don't go this far, typically. But I suppose I'm as qualified as you can be. Well, at least you are used to being underwater. It's more than some people can say. <laughs> so these comms still go up to the mothership. If so, I got a question for you. What happens if we left our keys up in the boat? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly what would you have keys to? They can just toss them down to you. Hey, dipshit. You're not about to get in contact with the boat. Releasing shot. And you hear <laughs> um, a bunch of... Uh, it sounds like BBs almost draining from this compartment. And your descent begins to slow a little bit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Lights on! And he turns the lights on and through all of your individual portholes you can see that aside from these large swaths of light that are being created by your submarines it's complete and utter darkness around it and you can see the bottom of the ocean Um, one of the things that uh, you guys all would know is that you're not the station is not at the bottom of the Marianas Trench it is next to the Marianas Trench which would put it at about five miles um, under the ocean but obviously there is opportunity to go and study things much deeper you guys have the the capability and the equipment to do so Um, but yeah he he kind of stops talking now that those things have been Done. Is it um, just me, or does the light make it worse? Don't think about it. Don't think about it. All right, <laughs> so when we get to this laboratory, do any of you know your way around? Uh, I, somewhat. I do believe they provided us with a, a maps before we all got on here, did they not? I thought they were going to, but I didn't seem to receive mine. Perhaps you misplaced it. There's only about a dozen rooms. It's not like it, you're going to get lost in here. Uh, it, it's okay. I've got my map here. And you'll hear just like crinkling of paper as he's like ruffling around. Oh, yeah. yeah we're, we're good. I, 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 can, I can share. I... You can look off mine too, mate. So who do you think is in the, uh, the submarine with Wallace? Like whose who's bathyspheres are also in Wallace's? Uh, I get it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't want to be with me either. <laughs> Probably Marisha. Yeah, you can throw Joel in there too if there's room. All right, Marisha, Joel, and we need one more then because Hughes is going to be piloting this one. Claire can be in there. All right. Joel and I are sharing a seat. <laughs> so you guys are carrying on this conversation and. For a brief moment, everything sort of like powers down 
and just kind of creaks and groans. And you hear Hughes go, Motherfucker! God fucking... And he's like... You can hear him flipping switches just frantically over the radio. And then after a few moments, the the submarine comes back to life and it starts to move forward again. But uh, he's still cursing under his breath. Just fucking cheap piece of shit. Motherfuckers always just cutting fucking corners, motherfucker. And then it goes quiet. Uh, should we be concerned? I feel like they cut a corner when they hired him. When I say that, I cover up my microphone, but obviously I'm still talking to my guys, so everybody can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) when they didn't provide hearing protection. Um, and then you come upon Deepwater Plymouth, which is this... It looks like these massive sort of spherical objects that have been sort of fused together to create this very ugly sort of building. Like, there doesn't seem to be much rhyme or reason to it, but as all of you know, this has been sponsored by various different corporations and subsidiaries, and so it doesn't necessarily seem like Like, just by looking at this thing, it seems like as soon as somebody came up with enough funding, they just slapped on whatever it was that they were going to be sponsoring, because this thing is ugly. But as you come through the moon pools and all of your bathyspheres open up, you kind of take a second to adjust to the fluorescent lighting that's going on in here. And you can see that there is There are two people in orange jumpsuits that are standing at the moon pool um, edge and they're sort of looking at you and they look very nervous. And basically to kind of describe the moon pool is there's this large, about 50 foot wide by 50 foot long pool that just basically comes up into a pressurized area of this uh, underwater habitat that allows you to sort of dock your vehicles. And there's an overhead crane that can allow you to actually pull the vehicles out if you wanted to. Um, But yeah, you you have arrived at Deepwater Plymouth. Um, I'm gonna scramble out of uh, my, my, my bathosphere as quickly as humanly possible. Okay. Um, and over to the, the, the two very nervous-looking people and go, Okay, um, we're here. 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 Oh, thank Christ you're here. I'm... And you notice that there's a name tag on his uh, jumpsuit that says Hutchinson. And uh, on the woman's, it's uh, Kodrick. He's kind of um, maybe early 40s. His beard looks like it's gotten kind of long, um, sort of salt and pepper with brown Um, and she's maybe mid-30s, like, shoulder-length black hair, and he, again, just says, we need to talk to Hughes. We need to talk to Hughes as soon as possible, and one of the things you notice, Sid, is that right next to them, there is this large sort of spherical object, maybe three feet in diameter 
And it's got this sort of obsidian color to it, but it's got, it's very polished. Like the way that the fluorescent light sort of bounces off of it seems just odd to you. Is this thing laying on the deck or is it like suspended up or? What? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's suspended uh, like on to, uh, now I forget what they're called. Those nylon sort of straps almost, but the straps are connected to chains so that they can be used on the overhead crane. Oh, okay. And then are all of us here or just that first um, submersible? You guys are all there. Yeah, you guys arrive within seconds of each other. So why are you all looking so dire? Have you ever seen surface dwellers before? (laughs) (laughs) Funny, funny. Um, That's a mighty big black ball you got there. Right. I, I need to talk to Hughes. I need to talk to Hughes now. Um, and Hughes, the the military uh, cut uh, guy with the mustache that gave you guys the safety protocol, steps over and goes, what is it that you need to tell me, son? And the guy kind of like waves at him to go up the, go up the ladder. And Lisa stands there and she's sort of just nervously looking around and you can tell that her hands are, are shaking. But one of the things that you guys know about being down here is to combat nitrogen buildup in your blood, they need to add a little bit of extra helium to the air. And with this little bit of extra helium, though, you do run the risk of what is called uh, high-pressure neurosyndrome. And so there is a chance that they're just paranoid. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a paranoia sort of thing. And one of the calling card signs is delusions and shaking hands. So what's the big fucking sphere or? We, we, we should wait until Hughes uh, decides what he is or isn't going to disseminate to the, to the team. Um, um, I, this, this, is, this is way above my pay grade. This is, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just... And as he's actively reaching out to touch it, are we able to touch it or, um... I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I want to uh, walk up to Lisa and say, Is there anyone else on board or is it just you two? Pierce is... Pierce is dead. Oh! This is serious. This submarine, it... It crashed and... He was carrying this, this, oh, oh, fuck, 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 Just don't tell Hughes I told you, okay? You can't, you can't know. Okay, okay. Zipper lip motion. I'm desperately uh, adverse to talking to Hughes, so. (laughs) (laughs) So what did he crush onto? That's the thing, he... He's been piloting these subs, building this station for six months, and we've never even bumped into anything. And he said that he saw something after a small tremor we had, and he wanted to go investigate it, and then his sub went dark. I'm sorry about the loss of your friend. I, I lost a daughter years back, so I understand that it's very difficult. I just don't... Pierce is good at his job. He's not... There's... There was nothing for him to crash into. 
Well, think maybe it wasn't his fault at all. Maybe she she'll like drop her voice and she'll she just like well maybe there's there was a there was a problem with computers or something with the instruments. Um, just as you're saying that, you hear uh, the um, hatch open and the sound of two people coming down the ladder. And Lisa immediately clams up when she hears that. As soon as she clams up, Tyke says, The Kraken don't care much about how good you are. <laughs> and he kind of laughs. <laughs> All right, listen. We got a situation here, people. Um, Hughes says as he comes in closer and I need five of you to just go set up your stations, but we're going to have three volunteers. Well, shit. One of them's probably got to be you, uh, Dr. Keen. Um, looks like we're going to be testing your thing a little early. Really? I, I don't know if it's quite ready yet. I was down here to... <sighs> okay. Listen, we're going to send these folks up so that they can get a break from being down here so they can get into so that they can decompress and all of those things. Uh, just uh, what we need to do right now is we have to figure out exactly what happened to Pierce's sub. And I don't think that we have any capability of getting in there with any of the robotic arms. Which means a man's gonna have to go in there and pull out the black box. Where's the wreckage? There's a GPS locator on it. It's not too far from here. Near the trench. I'll volunteer. Guess I gotta go too. I can make three. I uh, came down here to work with Dr. Keen in the first place. I don't mind helping out early. All right. Hughes will look at uh, you, Joel, and he'll say, Lawrence. Why don't you help me try and get this thing upstairs? And he's gonna motion towards the um, sphere. Yeah, he nods. He throws down the bag he has slung over his shoulder and he goes right to work. All right. Um, you guys have various uh, carts and trolleys and also there is this sort of, basically what it does is it attaches onto the rung, like onto the sides of the ladder and it sort of goes on the outside. And it's sort of a lift that you can use to bring things more easily up the ladder. And so you guys, and you, so you set to doing that with Hughes. Basically, what's going to be happening is we're going to be inside of a suit, and in the suit, you're going to be breathing liquid. And I know it's going to sound, this sounds really weird, but you're going to be breathing something called oxygenated fluorocarbon emulsion. And it's what's going to keep the pressure from crushing us. I'm not sure how deep you can go with it, but I'm extremely, mostly certain that it'll work at five miles. What's it taste like? <laughs> not pleasant, but it's fine. You're gonna get over it. I'm not even sure if the pressure, honestly, will let you taste. Do you have an idea of a bottom limit for how low we can go? I'm not quite sure, but if we're not gonna be going into the trench, I don't think that'll be an issue. Well, we know his wreckage was near the trench. It always could have slid in from currents, or if it collided with something, it could have uh, ruptured one of the air tanks or anything, so... I, I've got a suggestion uh, for how you'll know. Uh, the sea will crush you, and uh, <laughs> you go to where it stops doing that. Um, Take it from me. That's probably the best way you could die down here. <sighs> that, that, that's comforting, Ty. Thank you. That, that, that was really... That was really 
timely. <laughs> it sure beats the bins. Yeah, I kind of agree with Tig. I think I can list <laughs> about 50 different ways that we could die much worse down here. Um, any, you want to know some of them? or um... not, not right before we leave. <laughs> not right before we get into the suits and leave the habitat. Why don't we, uh, why don't we hear it well, when we Well, I'm, I'm only saying, because I don't know if any of you have read any like technical manuals yeah. or anything, and they say, they Sid, say don't do this go thing. unpack and, and get acclimated. Uh, Marisha oh. steps forward and puts her hands on your shoulders very gently and says, Don't worry, we all did our research, and you can tell us more about it when we get back, if you really want to. Uh, uh, if I remember. <laughs> we'll be fine, Sid Turbine. I lean over to Tig and say, uh, let's hope he doesn't remember. <laughs> I don't think we'll have to worry about that. <laughs> Sid, we got time to eat something. I'm famished. You don't know. Hughes is gone, and uh, so is uh, Dr. Walden, and so, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what I mean? <laughs> I look around, and then, like, I uh, take out, like, a, a sandwich baggie out of my pocket, and there's, like, a mushed-up, like, fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich that, like, is definitely, like, just smushed completely flat because of the pressure down here, and I just, like, take it out and start to eat it. This might be my age talking, but I'm not in a terrible rush to do anything. We'll be down here a while. If you want to eat, let's eat. One step ahead of you. Well, I think we should go and find the commissary and get ourselves familiarized with this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. I wouldn't mind seeing my laboratory along the way. That sounds like a fine idea. Which one is your lab? I'm going to be researching medical uses for silicone-based life forms. Are there silicone-based life forms down here? They found them a while back, residing on the hydrothermal vents. We've done some experiments. We've been able to turn them into glue. (laughs) But I think they could be more useful to us than that. I laugh when he says they turned them into glue. (laughs) (laughs) So when you get into the galley, you basically see that there is, it's this large module and you see that there are sort of these, these just long, um, they almost look like desks, but they're all attached and they just have a stool that sort of comes out and there are, you know, uh, one on either side or of each door. Um, and then in the middle though, so you kind of can't see the other side of the room there is this long wall of cabinets and it looks like this is the storage for the various food and you can see that it's labeled like uh you know dehydrated ice creams um you know mac and cheeses and the protein products and you know what i mean like there is a veritable smorgasbord of uh space food uh, does anybody know how the, the 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 rationing works? Are we able to just take take what we want, or um... um, I would say for now, but just prepare yourself to get your ass chewed out later by Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, that would be uncomfortable, I think. Of course, you could have his share since he's going to be dining on your ass. <laughs> 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 Wallace, you would notice that there is a large sign that says biology lab um, 
on one of the doors in the galley. It might be my place right there. I might pop in after a short while. After I get something in my stomach. You know, I honestly don't know if we should gorge ourselves, though. We're in an unfamiliar place, and our stomachs may not handle everything well. Well, you speak for yourself. I've never had any trouble eating anything. My mom used to make this crawdad stew that was just... It was out of this world, but my neighbors couldn't handle it. What the fuck is a crawdad? You don't know what a crawdad? Right. Um, it, it's basically like a big old uh, shrimp, but they, they uh, grow in fresh water. You can't do that. You're pirate Chris. You can't do that on podcasts because they won't know what we're laughing at. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you guys to break. That's all. I'm sorry. I'm trolling. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I'm actually going to uh, move to Joel and Hughes. You guys are taking the sphere up to medical. You go in there and you see that there's sort of uh, one examination table. The room is sort of that medical white, you know, that very sterile white sort of uh, room. There seem to be various instruments and things like that. And Hughes uh, rams the cart right into the examination table and then sort of uses the straps to roll it onto the examination table. And he says... You ever seen any shit like this before? Yeah, Joel crosses his arms and uh, he's going to, I guess, give it a look over. Um, quietly for a moment, and then he'll just kind of shake his head. Fuck you think it is? <laughs> he pauses for another moment and then shrugs. I think it's a fucking landmine or something from uh, one of the wars. Then why is that here? Yeah, we're pretty far away from any of those, huh? He kind of reaches out um, like he wants to touch it. You think that's a smart idea? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, if your hunch is that it's a landmine, maybe you should let it be. There's even a chance of it exploding. You have a bomb expert on your fancy science team? Not that I know of, but I'm going to go to comms. I'm going to ask for advisement to... why don't you just make sure nobody else comes in here, okay? Joel nods. And uh, he'll head out. Yeah, then Joel will just kind of secure the room and uh, make sure that no one fucks with this stuff. All right. So I think that you guys have been in the galley eating for a little while. Is there anything specifically that anybody wants to go do? Um, I'm not counting Dr. Keen. Just because I'm assuming that you're getting the suits ready for their first live test. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Is it just me, or does the food taste like garbage? Is it the pressure, or is it the food? Well, certainly Mama's cooking, but it's palatable, I guess. It all tastes like chalk, and it kind of falls apart. It's, um... It's the pressure. You uh, turn around and you see that uh, Dr. Walden is standing there and she's got her hair pulled back into a tight bun and now she's got her lab coat on. But it also doesn't taste very good. Well, I would make science. Um, do you have more lab coats down here? Makes me feel more official. 
Yeah, I I love one of those. Um, I'm poorly dressed for lab work right now. There's plenty of uh, smocks and lab coats and various protective gear in all of the labs should you need them. Right. Come, come. And she'll uh, actually lead you all into the biology lab, which you notice is actually incredibly state-of-the-art. And every single piece of equipment says Maldonado Pharmaceuticals in, like, huge, bold, black letters. And, I mean, there are computers, microscopes. Um, It would appear as though you might even have uh, an electron scanning microscope. Um, You have centrifuges, all sorts of um, Erlenmeyer flasks, beakers. But one of the things that you do notice is that all of the Bunsen burners um, and their fuel sources are kept in separate cabinets. Like, you can see them, they have glass over it. Like, it's not that they're hiding it. And uh, Dr. Walden will notice that one of you notices this and she'll say, anything flammable or or toxic gas, but mostly flammable, needs to be kept in the secured locations at all times in case of tremors. Unless, of course, you're using it. But storage. I'm not, Hughes normally gives the safety spiel, but he's kind of a douchebag and a little bit busy, so. We'll be all right. I know my way around the biology lab. Well, let me show you the coolest part. And uh, she'll go over to um, one of the doors that's on either side of the module and you'll see that there are these these tubes that sort of run out and she uh, starts she has to kind of duck down because they're a little bit small but she starts walking uh, out and you sort of see this you sort of see her disappear around a 90 degree turn you guys gonna follow yes mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, while we're walking, I uh, turn to Wallace and I say, uh, do you think that's what the pharmaceutical company's doing down here? Like, getting all those critters trying to corner the glue market? <laughs> the glue was just an initial stage. I'm sure they have bigger plans. Do you think there even is a glue market? I didn't know that was much of a thing. You're trying to topple Elmer's off his throne? Look, I'm not a businessman. When you get behind uh, Dr. Walden, um, you notice that the floor and ceiling of this sort of sh- uh, sphere that you're in, it, does, it seems like it might be transparent. And Dr. Walden actually flips a switch and these floodlights come on and you look out and can see the open ocean. And off in the distance, you can see this tall, sort of long spindly arm that's going up and it sort of comes and juts out at this 90 degree angle from this like amorphous blob that's sort of just floating there and uh go ahead and make me an intelligence roll uh wallace and you also can roll this uh uh, claire well normally i'd be happy to have gotten a 15 but my intel is 14. Four. And my intelligence is 17. 
you just need to tell me pass or fail. Like, y'all don't need to tell me the results at all. Um, so, Claire, you know that that's a long-armed squid, and they have only ever seen 12 other reported sightings, like, of real, documented, like, legitimate, believable individuals and sources seeing this creature. Well, I never thought I'd see something like that. That, oh, that's a long-armed squid. How did you get one of those down? Was it just here? It's been trolling the bottom of the ocean around here for mm. two or three weeks. Uh, I was hoping to see some anglerfish. I wasn't expecting to see a squid. Oh, wow. What, what have you seen have been eaten? We'll discuss that later. And she'll turn off the floodlights and uh, but, uh, she'll start oh. heading back to the biology lab. Uh, I'm going to check how Dr. Keen is going, uh, how her how her setup is going, if you don't mind. I'll <clears throat> catch up with you at five spare time. And she'll just nod at you and then she'll look at uh, you, Tig, and say, perhaps uh, you should also um, go and see how... Dr. Keen is getting along. Whatever you say, Cotton. And I, like, uh, salute her as I walk out. <laughs> All right. Um, Dr. Keen is down by the moon pool, um, and she's getting her suits ready. Yeah, she's just trying to get them set up as best she can, and she's just... She looks more uncertain than she would be under any other circumstance. She turns to them and says, You know, I... I under any other circumstance, I'd be thrilled that someone's trying these. But it, these are the first; these are the first live tests, and I just want you to know that we've never we've never put a person in these before. I'm honored to be making history. Then I guess I trust your science more than uh, most people's. Yeah, I mean we've run tests with the fluid, just never with the suits. All right, if you guys are good, then I'm gonna go ahead and run back to Joel. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, Hughes shows back up after maybe 20 minutes, and he says, Alright, you're relieved for the time being. Get yourself unpacked. Meet back up here in, uh, 60 minutes. Yes, sir. Until, uh, promptly leave to go grab his stuff, and I'm assuming go to the, uh, dorms to claim a bunk and unpack a little yeah you would have to go through the galley where everybody is kind of uh gathered and talking um after they went on their little tour of the biology lab so if you wanted you could interact with them a little bit or you could just get right down to business kind of up <sighs> to you. interact with them man that does not sound like a joel lawrence move uh, he's going to walk straight through the galley and go to the dorms to do the plan as described fair all right. And so, yeah, you do that. Um, you also see uh, uh, Dr. Keen and Tig and uh, Percy are fucking around with some... They look like dive suits, but it appears as though Dr. Keen is filling them with, like, a pink liquid. Yeah, so I, I think Joel's just, like, he, noticing that. He just thinks to himself that he's sure it makes sense to them, and he keeps moving. <laughs> <laughs> the best approach. The best approach. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. 
So Claire, what are you uh, what are you doing right now? What would you like to do? So we are still kind of in that observation lounge, or did we move elsewhere? You guys are kind of back in the galley, um, sort of just conversing and bullshitting right now. You've been down here for maybe two hours. You haven't really accomplished anything other than touring the biology lab, and maybe you guys have gone on, gone to a couple of other modules, but for the most part, you've just been kind of eating and talking to each other. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, but there is a tank that uh, is in the biology lab, so you would be probably working alongside Wallace. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So was that the only place where I can possibly do my work? Or is there somewhere else that, you know, because like if I could reach outside and and see with that uh, giant squid out there, I could do some real interesting work to see what kind of pressure and, you know, things like that. Your name is Claire. Yes, Wallace. What exactly is it that you do? Oh, I'm a, a marine biologist. They they got me here to, to do some of those tests with extreme pressure. Uh, specifically the uh, biological organisms that they're looking to put together. I think probably with that silicone creature. Which, when they were saying silicone before, I thought they meant that they were just going to have some, you know, silicone. I didn't realize there was creatures down here. So that's... Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, honored to be working with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. This will be interesting. <laughs> so, uh, ha- have you been working with the company for long? Not strictly this company. I honestly signed on when I found out that they were the ones coming down here, and I realized I could experience it firsthand. I'm impressed that they they let someone of your age down here. I figured they'd be pretty healthy. (laughs) Well, I had the experience and I passed the physical tests. You know, I try to keep moving, not unlike Mr. Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) Honestly, my voice is a little bit older than my body feels. 55 years of lucky strikes will do that to you, you know. Right. Yeah, you don't... Definitely don't want to go smoking down here, all places. Should have changed their slogan to LSMVP. Lucky strike means vocal problems. <laughs> she just stares. Uh, maybe that joke's a little beyond your time. Right. Um. So, Sid, what brings you down here? Uh. Well. Um. As uh, 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 someone who works with uh turbines and, and, and you know, fans of sort uh, fluids interest me a lot. Um, so, there's there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of fluids down here that uh, are in very interesting uh, configuration and uh, the, 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 the silicon based life forms, uh, the glue uh, it has interesting uh, fluid dynamics. Aww. Um, that's true, it does. Right. Mm-hmm. Ammonia, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, and uh, they're, they're paying me a lot of money to be down here, so um, that's a consideration, I guess. 
Uh, lots and lots of fluids. <laughs> fluids, fluids, fluids. <laughs> yeah, like you, you, open, you go into the biology lab and, you know, you We're just a like, bunch of semen working with fluids. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, literally, all you can see is fucking fluids everywhere. Um, it's very exciting. We gotta stop before Tim kills all of us. Sydney, anymore. what are you doing? Sydney, what are you doing? <laughs> Sydney Scuba. I'm so sorry. So when we were all volunteering to like split off and do stuff, I was with that party. So whatever is going on there is what I was doing because I was interested in helping. You're um you're with the uh group that's been touring then currently. Then yeah, I'm just kind of walking around then checking things out and really just being interested in all of the equipment. Right on. Dr. Keen, are you ready to uh go down in the submarine? Yeah. Awesome. So I think that uh, you guys get everything loaded into um, this. It's a much smaller submarine than uh, you guys came in. And one of the ones that you guys came in is gone because that's what Adam and Lisa took to get back to the surface. But uh, this one is smaller and you kind of use the overhead crane to bring it um, down into the water and your just loading everything into it and one of the things that uh, is special about this um, about this submarine is that it has a carbon fiber sort of airlock at the back but it's obviously not an airlock but it needs to be able to expand very quickly because a lot of water is going to be rushing in all at once and so it's sort of got this weird um, almost like carbon fiber bubble on the back of it. But anyway, that's beside the point. And so you guys get into the submarine and uh, disappear into the blackness. And Joel, I think that you have returned to the the medical uh, area. And you see that Dr. Walden is walking away in a huff and Hughes is standing outside of it um, with his hands... uh, interlocked behind his back and he's sort of standing at attention yeah Joel will uh, stand there for a moment and uh, if he's not acknowledged he'll just kind of clear his throat to make his presence known alright Lawrence why don't you come in here and he's uh, going to go into the medical module yeah I follow and when you follow him in here, in there, he's going to immediately go over to the keypad and he's going to quickly try and punch in a few numbers in hopes that you don't see it. Um, you can make a wisdom roll to try and see it if you would like. Nope, I do not. All right, perfect. So he punches that in and uh, you see the keypad go from green to red. And uh, he says, We don't know what we're dealing with here, but... Maldonado wants to know exactly what it was that crashed one of his submarines. So, when we've got more to go off of from whatever it is that Dr. Keen and those other fucking yahoos find, I guess uh, we'll watch the tape and go from there. But for now, this object is to stay under lockdown at all times. And so I want you 
inside this room, the only person that'll have access is me. But if somebody else does manage to gain access, you know what to do. Joel nods. And he'll leave and the uh, door will whoosh shut behind him. And uh, you stand there for probably 30 or 40 minutes and you start to hear a hissing noise coming from behind you. Follow our podcast on Twitter, at LCPDND. The Deep is GM'd by Tim Demuse, at Ida Grab Your Gun. Tig was played by Chris Riley, at Chris Riley LCP. Claire was played by Kim Metzger, at Metzgirl. Dr. Keen was played by Aubrey Gray, at Aubrey Gray 1. Joel was played by Chris, aka Critically Accursed, at C Accursed. Valhalla was played by Eric Pat at ES underscore Patty Cake. Sid was played by Samuel at Samsalot007. Sydney was played by Robin at DIOXIARIO. And Wallace was played by me, Brian Bridges at ManlyBrian. All of these Twitter links and more can be found in our episode description. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We had an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? (laughs) LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. LCP D&D presents Fillmore's Crossing. You go into a mining settlement. 
called Fillmore's Crossing. A fantasy western D&D adventure that's filled with comedy. Do y'all know what the control zone is? You guys, you guys probably like, like the zone. Everywhere. You guys, where you get I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Mystery. We were just at the saloon and I witnessed a man, if you can call him that, rip another man's head off. Do you think we're dealing with demons? Drama. Damn it, woman. You have no reason to go and wake up my son. All I want to do is buy shit. Y'all folk are the reason that this is all getting messed up. Poor and shit. now you're going to go and... Does a 20 hit your armor class, Igmet? Yep. <laughs> and horror. Oh, y'all gotta go. We, we gotta get out of here. Get out the back door. We gotta run. We got nothing now. Listen to the entire season one arc by searching LCPDND on your favorite podcast service or find us at LCPDND.com. Are you looking for a job? We have a night cleaner position available. I can't say where, and I can't say for whom. It'd be better if you keep your head down and don't ask too many questions. The nights are long and grisly, but it pays well. The time passes quickly if we share stories. I have many tales I've collected over the years. What is that? Looks like blood. Why is there blood coming out of the ceiling? Well, I'll have to climb up and take a look. Check out that printer, too. I haven't seen one like that in ages. So that must be what the boxes of paper are for. I shall use my super strength to break the mechanism. What are you doing with that kind of money sitting around? Not important. If I fail, the money is yours. Where are you from, detective? Let's try to stay on topic, Mr. Waynes. We are on topic. How do you mean? I was saying you look like my type. I'm just curious where you're from. If you're interested, you'd better act fast. People are dying to get in here. <laughs> LCP presents The Night Cleaner's Tales, a scripted audio drama anthology series. Listen in by searching for The Night Cleaner's Tales on your favorite podcatcher, or find out more at lcpdnd.com. The phone call that I just received, it was about a call. Unfortunately, it's not in New York. You will be going to uh, Ontario, Canada. He'll like take a super dangerous uh, exit, like <laughs> like last minute, just squealing across the uh, hash marks. And I think he probably hits just a little bit of one of those uh, yellow barrels with all the water in them. <laughs> <laughs> this is all kind of weird. Like, you know, they said it was the hoser. I mean, your dad did call us. I'm just saying, the hoser? Yeah, I never heard of it. Like, you know, I, I grew up in California. There is a creature of folklore <laughs> called the Hoser near Lake Nipissing. You heard of it? No, I am just so incredibly shocked right now. Listen to the Hoser of Lake Nipissing by searching LCPDND on your favorite podcast service.